Backrip Media presents NFT. Dr. Jeremy here. The conversation around utility is one that we keep finding ourselves having as different projects try to create new and innovative ways to engage their community members. Top Shot for a long time has been the market leader. It went through some market volatility. It's seemingly coming out the other side. Um, not at the sort of booming rate it was in February, but at a more of a steady, uh, sustainable rate of growth. Um, and, and a lot of the reason for that growth is potentially attributed to some of the announcements they've made in the past couple of weeks, the past week really specifically. One of which was that they were going to solidify and fulfill their promise with the Nine Lives Lounge, the, those collectors who finished the Cool Cat set. The other was the announcement that they were going to have a live kiosk at NBA Summer League in Las Vegas, and that they were going to create this new tier called the Fandom Tier for moments where you could basically get moments from live games. And so uh, my friend, Pack Rebuing, my, my colleague, my boss, if you will, you know, he decided he was going to shoot a shot on Twitter and sent something out to the Top Shot people saying, hey, fly me to Vegas and I'll cover this. And you know what? You, uh, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Next thing he knows, he's on a plane to Las Vegas to cover NBA Summer League. And that's where this episode finds us. And, uh, you know, if, if you want to really listen to what Pack Rip is saying here, um, it, it, he lays out the case for why the best of Top Shot is yet to come. And actually, I'm inclined to agree with him. And we don't see eye to eye on everything. But on this, we are very much on the same page of the same chapter in the same book. So I happen to be joined by Chris Otis from Packrip Media also. And uh, without further ado, I think let's just jump into it and hear what Summer League has been like. This blended in real life NFT experience that many of us have wished we could have, but due to COVID, we have yet to, to really have. So here we go. Packrip Ewing, joined by my good friend, Chris Otis, Summer League update number one. We are joined by fellow Pack Rip Media contributor Chris Otis, a good friend of the podcast. And we're joined by the boss, Pack Rip Ewing himself. Pack Rip, Chris, welcome today. How are you? Hey fellas. I'm doing I'm doing I'm doing great. I mean I can imagine, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's it's been a whirlwind for our good friend Pack Rip Ewing here, Chris. He all of a sudden gets whisked away on a plane to Las Vegas for Summer League. And for the audience, we have not spoken at all. I actually tried to get some some dirt from him through WhatsApp this afternoon, and he like stiff-armed me and said, save it for the pod. So this will be the first time I've heard anything about what his experience has been like. So Pack Rip, I'm just going to turn it over and just let you walk through the experience start to finish today. And then Chris and I will jump in with questions as we go. Yeah, and for anyone kind of unsure why I'm in Vegas or uninitiated to what's going on, um, NBA Top Shot for the third of their kind of in real life utility activation experiences following uh, game five of the finals and, and the NBA draft announced that they were going to host an NBA Summer League event um, in Las Vegas today, tomorrow, and Tuesday. And I quote tweeted them on Twitter and said, you guys should send me and I will make content and it will be great. And an hour later, they DM'd me and said, 
that actually sounds like a good idea. Let's see if we can make it happen. And now I am in Las Vegas on the 22nd floor of the Park MGM, staring out at the Strip. And uh, I've been at Summer League for the past eight hours, and it's been wild. Um, Pack Rip, I tried that with Dunkin' Donuts. I, I quote tweeted them and said, will you please send me uh, you know, like a, a year supply of donuts? They did not respond in kind. So you must clearly have a little bit more magic in the tank than I do. So why don't you walk us through what happened um, from the time you've landed until now? And then again, Chris and I will jump in with questions as we go. Yeah, absolutely. So the Top Shot team kind of set me up at the hotel. I landed yesterday um, just to get in a little bit early. I had kind of like a Vegas day. Um, nothing too crazy. You know, played a little table games, walked the strip. Um, I actually joined Jen Sutto and Alexo and a few other Top Shot collectors for a um, Twitter spaces where we kind of just chatted about the past week in Top Shot because it's been pretty exciting. Uh, things seem... You know, people are excited again, and I think there's been a lot happening um, from the Top Shot side and from the community side to get people, you know, maybe a little bit reinvigorated about uh, the future of, of the NFT collectible space in the NBA. And I met with a bunch of people yesterday. So I met Andrew Wang, um, big Top Shot and NFT collector who I convinced to fly out to Vegas for the experience. So we went out for dinner and had some drinks. Um, I met with a few people from the Top Shot team, Team Hold, um, great, great guys, really fun people. We uh, had some beers last night. So for the first time ever, I've met actual Top Shot, you know, community members from Twitter and from Discord in real life, um, which in itself was just like really, truly fun. And then today was day one of the actual event. So um, today, Monday and Tuesday of this week, there is basically a three-day NBA Summer League uh, activation with NBA Top Shot, which is... For anyone that's not familiar with NBA Summer League, um, it's basically rookies, sophomores, you know, kind of G League players, guys that may or may not make the team, guys that need some extra run and some extra minutes to see if they're going to make the roster. And they play in a tournament. So starting at noon today, and there are games going on right now, but I, I had to leave because I'm a little wiped and I wanted to do this pod with you guys. Um, there are basically two consecutive games running. And there's an arena, uh, Thomas and Max Center, and then there's the Cox Pavilion, they're at the UNLV campus, um, which is like five or 10 minutes away from the strip. They're basically connected. Um, so you could walk back and forth between the two games. One is like a more traditional college or NBA arena. And one is kind of like a high school gym. And there's just straight up like nonstop basketball going on for hours. And in between those two arenas is quite frankly, like the most beautiful and majestic booth I've ever seen in my life. Um, I work in marketing. I've been to a lot of conferences. I've done a lot of booths. Booths are a pain in the butt. Um, I don't know how they actually made this booth, let alone how they did it um, so quickly, because I, I, I don't know how long they've had this plan for. But um, it's really impressive. It's really super well done, super captivating and engaging. And, and basically at this booth, um, they have huge screens, just playing moments on loop. They have people opening packs from their collections live in real time with music blasting for everyone to watch. And they have kiosks and, and Top Shot employees and representatives set up to help people create their account for the first time. And then you have the option for the first time ever of buying a moment that is actually going to be minted at the games from today. Um, so any collector could buy up to 10 individual moments. These are random moments. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know what's going to be minted. It depends on the action and the, and the play of game that's going to unfold. 
Um, and then you could also redeem a shirt or a, or a pack, uh, a base common pack. So pretty cool for everyone there, whether you're a new collector or an existing collector to, um, you know, grab a pack or grab the first real NBA Top Shop merch. Um, something I've written about and talked about, like when merch, that they made merch, the shirts are fire. I grabbed one. Um, and literally I'm watching games. I'm seeing a dunk and I'm like, that might be the moment that I get in two or three days, um, which is super cool. And one of the really nice things that all of the individual moments that are being minted, uh, it's this new fandom tier. So fandom tier um, based on their blog sits between common and rare. The um, mint count will depend on how many moments are actually purchased by people in real life at the game. It's the only way you could ever get them. Um, so there will be a level of scarcity there, if not at least a level of kind of FOMO demand for people that weren't there and maybe want that for their collection, especially these being the first ones to ever exist. I, I imagine this is going to be something that happens more often, which we'll talk about. And it just adds this level of excitement to, to the game, knowing that, oh, cool, I could actually collect that moment. That moment might be on ESPN later tonight, but it also might be in my collection tomorrow morning when I wake up. And all of them are being delivered in individually wrapped packs. So each of those one moments, I'm based, I bought 10, 10 was the limit. Um, so I dropped 50 bucks. I used Apple pay. It was like a 30 second experience, super easy. And I'm going to get 10 packs, each of them being a moment from, from the games. Um, and the one caveat, at least for now, you know, who knows how this will evolve as it becomes a more standardized part of the top shot collector experience. They are only moments from existing players in the top shot ecosystem. So there will not be a rookie whose debut moment on the platform is a summer league moment, right? They want to preserve that for actual NBA action. Um, so no Cade Cunningham, no Evan Mobley, you know, no Jalen Green. But, you know, there were a lot of great players playing today. Obi Toppin, Sadiq Bey, um, a lot of guys had some great games. And I think that the focal point that they're trying to do for these three days is spotlight one specific game, which will be the game that moments are minted from. Um, but I, I think it might be possible. We'll see if like other moments get minted too. But I know that today's like featured game was Pistons Thunder. Um, so you had Theo Maladon, you had Sadiq Bey, you had uh, Killian Hayes, you had Sekou Dekumbu, um, a few other guys that, you know, were playing really well and you know, even if they're not like the most desirable players to collect for me as a personal collector, the novelty of having that from the first in real life game and watching that and then having in my collection is super cool. Now, Pac, can you kind of like, did you get a chance to see how the process unfolds? If you're like a new collector, you walk into the arena and you have no idea what Top Shot is, right? And you walk mm -hmm. up to this kiosk and you're like, ooh, what's this? Did you get a chance to kind of see how that process un unfolds from like, new potential customer, new potential collector to now they're opening a pack on the big screen. Yeah. So, I mean, there was signage throughout the arena, like little um, posters and QR codes that you could actually just scan a QR code and like create an account on the spot without going to the kiosk. And then every quarter on the Jumbotron, they were running like, you know, 15, 30 second, kind of like those pack drop promo videos, um, driving people to section 111 where they can visit this kiosk and create an account or, or buy these moments and pre-order these moments. Um, and, you know, they must've had like 10 people working the booth. There was a lot of traffic. I mean, there was a line, the line had a lot of energy because it was a lot of existing top shot collectors, which was cool. And it was a lot of new people who were just kind of really excited and 
there's a lot of conversation amongst the people on the line. Like, what is Top Shot? This is really cool. What's going on? Um, so it was a lot of like actual dapper and Top Shot education, as well as like collectors educating fans, um, which also gets me really excited about where this is going to go down the road. But um, they were they were super helpful. I mean, they had a lot of staff on hand to kind of walk people through it, explain what it was. Obviously, when you could see the product on the screens and you kind of get the vibe of what it is, it, it is somewhat self-explanatory. You know, it's a digital collectible. It's sort of a, a static card. It's a, it's a video moment. Um, and, you know, they were really walking people through it. They had iPads. They had, you know, square kiosks for payment. It was all really polished and well done. And I, I didn't personally hear a ton of, like, questions as far as, like, hey, how does this work? You know, what's next? But there were a lot of people that were there. And it seemed to be a really smooth experience. Um, people were hanging out around the booth just because it was so cool. I mean, there was lights, there was music, there was a lot of energy. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton was hanging out at the booth for like 10, 15 minutes. He was buying the actual moments and he, you know, was hanging out with some fans and taking pictures. They had like a photo, you know, set up with some cool backdrops. So it was just like, if you weren't at a game, you were at the Top Shot booth, even if not to buy the moments, just to like hang out with people and to meet people. Um, but they seemed to really kind of like have the process down to like help new people create their account pretty quickly and, and kind of go through the process. Man, fantastic. Um, did you happen to catch any other players popping into the booth? I, I know you mentioned Halliburton and I had seen that on Twitter earlier. Did anyone else? I didn't, I don't know if anyone else stopped by. I personally didn't see uh, anyone other than Halliburton just cause he was there while I was online. I was actually near like the end of the line. And he was at the table, like buying the moments right next to me. So him and I traded a little back and forth banter. Um, I, I confessed to him that I wish the Knicks had drafted him um, with the eighth pick. I bet you do. Bet you apologies, do wish the Knicks drafted him. Apologies to Obi Toppin. I love you, buddy. But, uh, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is the real deal and uh, a very, very, very good player. Um, you know, I go. I hope Obi Toppin dunks on you when you get that in real life experience <laughs> for, for this sort of blasphemy. I hope Obi Toppin dunks on me too. And I hope I could mint that as a moment and I'll just play it on loop on like an infinite objects display that I'll pay whatever price for. Um, but he was there, honestly, Otis, there were a lot of players and that was part of the really cool vibe of summer league. I've never been to summer league before. There were NBA players everywhere, man. I don't know how many of them stopped by the booth. I have to imagine that a lot of them did because you literally can't miss the booth. It's, right in the heart of the arena. Um, and, you know, what's going to happen the next two days, I don't know. But I saw um, Darius Garland. I saw Colin Sexton. I saw uh, LaMelo Ball. Um, I know that Anthony Edwards and James Wiseman were there. I didn't catch them personally. Um, I know that Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo are there right now rooting for the for the Heat going against um, the Lakers. Um, or I think it's actually Suns-Lakers, but maybe they're just there hanging out because – why not be in Vegas and, and go to summer league and maybe they're playing tomorrow. Um, there were a lot of players everywhere, man. It's kind of just like you walk around and you're just seeing NBA players vibing and hanging out with people. Um, it's a very like casual, fun kind of atmosphere, which is really cool as a, as a fan, as a collector. Um, and if Top Shot is like the conduit for collectors to also meet players while they're actually buying those players moments or cards, uh, well, moments, right? Not cards, but I'm thinking like, you never have that with real cards, right? You go home and you open that pack and it, it just doesn't have that same chemistry and electricity behind it. Um, 
so to me, that was, that was really cool. I mean, I'm excited for the next two days just because I want to see what else happens, what, what other surprises they might have in store for um, us as these, you know, top shot collectors that are here for the experience Well, who else might be at summer league. Um, it's been, it's been a great day. Truly, Pack, truly you, a ton of fun. You mentioned at the sort of onset of this, that you, you kind of got that, that IRL connection with some of the like other collectors and people that you've met online. And I feel like with COVID happening, there's been so much frenetic energy sort of stored up for people to get together in the same physical place. So can you get a little more detailed into what that was like and sort of what sort of encounters, maybe who you met from the community today, um, walking around? I know you, you mentioned Andrew Yang uh, or Andrew Wang, I should say, but um, <laughs> tell me, Andrew Yang would be awesome too if he's there. Um, but t t talk to me more about what that experience has been like. Wang and I had a conversation about Yang over a bowl of ramen last night uh, in between walking through the strip and that was, that was a good time. Um, you know, there were so many people, I mean, there, so there are the top shot collectors that obviously won the contest, um, and their guests. And we're all staying at the park MGM, you know, we hung out this morning a little bit. We all rode over together with the top shot team. Um, they, there was a dedicated section for us and for kind of like top shot collectors and fans to hang out in, which is also really cool to think about that future kind of environment. If there's a, a dedicated top shot section every night or once a month in every NBA arena. Um, that's a kind of really exciting prospect and everyone's rocking those shirts and people are kind of like, what's that? How do I get one of those? Um, but, and, and I'll say like Vegas is Vegas, but it's also still like very much pandemic Vegas. I mean, everything is open. Everything is functional. People are out and about, but everyone's wearing a mask. I mean, if you're not drinking or eating, um, there's a pretty high mask compliance rate, which is refreshing. Um, you know, I think that most people are, are vaccinated still, or I, you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated. I know everyone here had to be vaccinated to come on the trip. Um, but it's just so nice to like meet people in real life that you've spent so much time online with. And for Top Shot to be the connective tissue that makes that happen, I think is a really powerful thing. Um, so I, I hung out with the team hold guys. I met the guys from Moment Ranks, um, Brandon, Christian, some of those guys. Um, I met Warren. Um, Warren is, you know, someone in the Top Shot Seals Discord and, and through Twitter that I've grown close with. Um, we did a little fundraiser for his friend a few months ago. He actually came and met me. He was with his kids. He lives in Vegas, so he always goes to Summer League. And he brought me a Patrick, rookie, uh, a Patrick Ewing rookie card as a thank wow. you for kind of what I did. And That's he was awesome. like, I need to meet you in real life. I have something for you. Um, and anytime a stranger from the internet is like, hey, can we meet in real life? I have something for you. You never really know what you're going to get, but this was a pretty nice surprise. Um, there were a bunch of other people who, whether it was because of me or, you know, the Moment Ranks team, other, Team Hold, just the Top Shot Energy, flew in from LA, came, drove, you know, from from Vegas. We're like, I'm going to go to Summer League or, or flew from around the country. Um, you know, there were Top Shot collectors from Singapore that won the contest that came. So it was a really, it was just great to see so many people in one place. Um together because of this, you know, this NFT collectible that we're all passionate about. Uh, and it, it, you know, again, this is only day one, so I'm, I'm excited for the next few days, but you know, it's this Vegas energy combined with Top Shot and combined with Summer League. It's just a really, really, uh, really good vibe. And it's nice to just be with people, um, you know, like I, I, I have a, a young kid and I've been, you know, doing my best to kind of abide by all the rules and regulations of everything that's going on. This is my first vacation 
in two years. It's my first time alone and away from my family in two years. Um, so I'm, I'm just very grateful for the opportunity and I'm really soaking it in. And it's really nice to just, you know, whether it's connect with people over a beer or for a few minutes um, at the game, you know, get to know some of the top shot people a little bit better. Just talk to them. You know, I was sitting with Austin Kent for a lot of the game and we, we were just talking about basketball, honestly, for hours. Um, he's a really cool guy. His, he is on the content team at Top Shot. So he actually is responsible for making and curating the actual moments that get minted. Um, I had the chance to interview him and talk to him a little bit more about that process today. We posted that on the Twitter feed because I, I think a lot of people have this mis misconception about like, how does a moment get made? And it's like, oh, cool, that play was awesome. Like, why isn't it on Top Shot? Um, and in reality, you know, like this is an extension of the NBA, um, which makes it really exciting. I think sometimes people maybe forget that, like this is the NBA's NFT. Um, and they're very, very invested in making it very successful and making it instrumental to the fan experience, which was really evident today. Um, but they also have a say in, in what goes on. So there is this, you know, relationship between Top Shot and the NBA that, that goes into the creation and ultimate minting of whatever moments go on the platform. And he, he kind of shed some insight into how that works, which I thought was super interesting, because I don't know if everyone always realizes that, you know, it's not just that was cool, let's mint it as an NFT. There is some approval and, and stuff like that that goes on. Um, but, you know, I think everyone's just excited to like go to a basketball game again and, and be with people. Um, the energy was really high, despite the fact that, you know, everyone is wearing masks. I think we've all grown accustomed to that where it's not so, so strange anymore. But what really gets me excited is like when the NBA season starts in October, this is going to be a thing. Like, I, I have this vision and I tweeted about it like half jokingly and I just need to like be super duper on the record. I don't know anything beyond everything that's been publicly shared. Like I don't have any information that I shouldn't. I'm just operating purely on speculation and how my brain works and how I think about things and, and you know, maybe reading into breadcrumbs more than I should. But you think about what they did for the finals and you think about what they're doing at Summer League and there's a, and you think about utility of the nine lives lounge and of complete sets and of this really tangible numeric system of measuring fandom against certain teams or certain kind of collections. And I don't see a world in, in whether it's October or November or February or 2023, right? Where every single NBA arena, whether it is every game or once a week, or once a month is going to have a booth or a kiosk in some flavor of what we saw today, where you can buy a pack, create an account, mint and pre-order a moment from that game in this new fandom tier. And at the same time, there's going to be a section of fans, the top shot section. And at the same time, there's going to be your VIP suite of people with complete sets or who have unlocked a certain level of collector score and are living it up. And you are going to have that dad with his kid who's going to get to go buy a pack and open those moments and share that experience together, which is super cool. And then in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, the camera is going to cut away to that fan section or to that VIP suite. And they're going to be like, well, how do we get there? And then they're going to go home and start building their collection. Right. And it's just so clear to me how interwoven what we've been doing online on Twitter, in discord, 
alone is going to become a real life aspect of every single NBA game, like in perpetuity forever. This is just the beginning. I cannot stress that enough. I'm operating purely on speculation and, and what I'm experiencing and, and what I saw today, but it's just so obvious where this is going. Pat, and, that's, a, that's an interesting point that I want to stay on yeah. for a second because, Go for it. you know, uh, I, I was discussing this with Steve from here from the moments the other day, and we were, we, uh, we were talking about the fact that a lot of people have distanced them before this sort of market swoon, distanced themselves from stop, Top Shot and become just NFT Johnny versus Top Shot Johnny. I've seen a lot of yeah. this happening, yeah. right? And you've hit on one huge difference between these generative art PFP projects and Top Shot which is, yes, you can have all the utility for great projects like RSOP. You can have great utility with what amazing community with what Board Ape has done. I mean, unparalleled community with what they've done. But in the end, the, the ability to have this embedded sort of interactive experience between in real life enjoyment of basketball and your collection is something that makes this product markedly different than everything else. And we haven't had that until now. So it's one of those things where I think we always imagined that it would happen. I mean, it was always sort of clearly the plan to have some sort of in-stadium activity, in-stadium you know, experience. But then after hearing you talk through it for the past 23 minutes, it's clear that like we have undervalued the potential impact of bringing in more collectors to the space through this, this sort of uh, portal to getting into top shot. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think when you think about like the boom that happened in February, where so many new collectors came into the fold, a lot of that was driven by like network effects on social media. Um, you know, they read an article, they shared it with their friends. Um, they, they saw a post on Twitter, you know, things kind of grew through community and through, um, you know, social reach um, online. And that drew in a lot of new people from, from DFS or from the general sports background or from the collecting background um, or from the NFT background, right? And a lot of that kind of excitement was short and, and in a burst, but it brought a lot of new people in. And I think that, you know, we underestimate perhaps how many people in a given month or week around the country, go to an NBA game. You know, there's 30 teams, those arenas seat 20,000 people. That's happening every week. That's a lot of damn people, man. And I, I think that when you have this really clear, well, first of all, the product is amazing, right? Like nobody's ever said Top Shot is bad because the product is bad. The product is unparalleled and incredible and the most dynamic, exciting, collectible for a sports fan to ever exist. Um, that's not, you know, up for debate. And where, where that might go in the future with AR and VR, who the hell knows? But even right now, as it stands on our phones, it's freaking awesome. But when you connect that digital experience with this in real life NBA fan at the game experience, and you bridge that together, I think that there are going to be so many people that don't spend all their time on Twitter because let's be real. A lot of us spend too much time on Twitter and Twitter is a microcosm of the amount of people that spend time on social media and social media is a microcosm of the amount of people that spend time doing anything in the world, right? Like that's just yeah. facts. Um, so when this breaks out of that, like Twitter and discord social media bubble, 
and really reaches mainstream and all these things that people want. Where are the commercials? Where is the advertising, right? Where is this big presence? We're getting a taste of it. We're getting a taste well, of it well, this past it, month. It might have been that the reason why there wasn't all these, you know, millions and billions dropped in commercials is the transcendent experience of the in real life, what you're talking about at arenas, having that be the open to get you into the collection is just a much more powerful hook than a hundred percent one minute video that goes on YouTube as a YouTube ad, you know? And I, I just wonder if maybe that's part of it too. And I'll also say like the moments look a lot better <laughs> on a jumbotron or like a 70 inch plasma than they do on our iPhones. And like, it's really cool seeing them that big, um, that loud. Like it, it, the movie theater equivalent of a Top Shot moment or a pack opening is sick. Um, but it's also really sick to know that like, I'm a Knicks fan, right? I want to collect every Knicks moment. I go into the marketplace and I do that. But when I open a pack, I don't know what I'm going to get. I can get any player in any NBA team. And if I don't want them, you know, maybe I sell them into the marketplace and I go buy Knicks moments. But if you're going to a Knicks game and you can go to the booth and pre-order a moment from that game, you're going to get a Knicks moment. And that's awesome for a collector and a fan. And if you could buy a Knicks pack and it has three moments from that game that you got to see in real life, like the sentimental value, the actual like exchange of money in it, for those moments is so it's such low hanging fruit. Like you think about the merch store, how many hats and jerseys and t-shirts are selling every game, every month, every year. And now you say, Hey, you can go buy those moments in real life too. You can go to the store and, and buy a pack of Knicks moments that you watch tonight for 10 bucks. I mean, so, so like, that, but you raise we, a good what point. We, what are we talking about right now? Pack, what I'm wondering is, um, and maybe we can get Jacob on and he can shine some light on this. And, and the question is, okay, so if every game, there's going to be moments generated, right? How does scarcity And maybe that's work? not the case. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Maybe. Like, I, I'm thinking through, like, uh, how if, if you have 82 games, right? Um, you could have one moment per game per team that happens, and that would be 82 moments. That doesn't sound like uh, an excessive amount of team moments that you could have. Um, but yeah. I just wonder how the math would work on something like that in terms of the getting the play. Like, I wonder if the summer league approach of getting a play from summer league in this fandom tier, what that's going to look like in the regular season itself. Yeah. And again, I'm excited and I'm talking, I don't know if that's just going to happen. That's just what I think could happen and the degree to which they do it. Um, and, and the balance of supply for that, um, is certainly, you know, uh, uh, something to be conscious of, but I will also say that, you know, the reason that things happened over the past few months was because the demand wasn't there to meet the supply. And what they're doing with the in real life games is the supply is dictated by the demand. The only moments that are minted are moments that are purchased. So I think that's an interesting kind of nuance to it. Um, but I'll also say that, you know, I think Jack Settleman went to like the national card convention a few weeks ago and he was looking at like Luca cards and there were like, 300 different Luka Doncic cards that were each worth more than a hundred dollars. And that's not including all the other Luka Doncic cards that exist. And those Luka Doncic cards exist in like thousands upon thousands of circulation. We don't even know the circulation because that tra information isn't transparent because it's not on the blockchain. Right. So like, I think that if this becomes really, really mainstream to the point where that's a reality, um, 
the supply issues might not be as much of a, a, a thing as point. we think they might be. I'll also say that this, whatever happens with the fandom tier, right? The, the idea of a fandom tier, and you know, they say it sits between common and rare. We don't really know about it other than it just exists as of today and that it was announced last week and that it's a really exciting concept and the, the fact that they could um, expand, you know, the categories through which we can collect. We don't know how that's going to work. We don't know how it's going to work in the marketplace, in the secondary market, um, what the value will be. So like, it, it, it's a valid kind of, uh, you know, counterpoint to bring up, but I think that everything that's happening, and I know this is like so cliche, but we're in beta, right? They're experimenting and they're testing things and they're figuring out what works and what doesn't and what needs to be tinkered and tailored. But the direction that it's going and now that we really see what they're capable of doing, and again, this is like, you know, still we're early, right? To, to kind of stout cliches um, one on top of the other. But we're, where is this going to be two Is that the fried now, chicken right? talking like, pack or is that, uh, <laughs> is that your natural opinion? It's fried chicken, and I also got some fried shrimp to eat uh, in my hotel room after this, um, just really clogging my arteries with <laughs> delicious poison. Because uh, I haven't, you know, they fed us at the games. I'll say they, they, they fed us, they took care of us. We were, we were pampered. We were treated very well. Um, but I was, I was at Thomas and Mac for like eight hours. <laughs> so I didn't really have like a proper meal today because arena food is not, you know, the same. And I suppose fried chicken and shrimp isn't probably a proper meal either. But in Vegas, when it's really high end fried chicken and shrimp and costs like 40 bucks, um, it feels like a proper meal at the very of least. Of course, of course. Don't let society tell you fried chicken is not a proper meal, man. Yeah, I love fried chicken. It, it is good anytime. <laughs> Breakfast, lunch, dinner, it, it counts. Yeah. Well, look, I think, you know, Pac, this is the easiest interview I've ever done. I don't think I had to ask you more than two questions because you, Chris and I were in the chat going, oh, I want to ask this. And then you would just immediately hit it. And then you, we had another question planned and then you immediately hit that. So I think it's a good place to wrap it up. Anything else you want to mention before we, uh, you know, conclude here, our festivities? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen the next two days. I'll be tweeting a lot about it. I'm going to probably consume much more fried food uh, over the next 48 hours. Much more food probably. I'm going to write some blog posts. I haven't been drinking a lot. I have to be honest. Um, I'm I'm trying to to keep it clean and and, and stay focused. I maybe had that one one beer at at dinner and maybe a beer at like noon today. Um, which isn't a lot. If I were an actual NBA game under normal circumstances, I'd have a few more. Um, so I'll be I'll be writing some blog posts um, over the next few days, kind of just putting some of this into words and a little bit more concise and um, and focused. Uh, Jeremy, I think we're going to talk again later this week after the next kind of 48 or so hours are, are over um, for the full recap. But I think that my main takeaway um, is that like these guys really know what they're doing. Um, they really know what they're doing and, the, and they're really, really, really like hand in hand with the NBA committed to making this work. And there are a lot of smart people that are invested in this and behind the scenes. And I know we had a rough few months and that was hard for a lot of people. Um, and, and things have certainly turned around the past week or so due to excitement and due to some announcements and due to some of the utility that they're bringing to life. You know, I think that the Nine Lives Lounge obviously being announced catalyzed a lot of cool cat sales um despite the fact that you know they've been talking about nine lives lounge for weeks and months and well it it wasn't until it actually happened that people got excited about it and i think that from my perspective 
all the things that we think are going to happen are going to happen and more. Do not wait for them to announce it to act on your, uh, Trust you your know, intuition. Trust your gut. I think that's a great point. Trust your I think gut. that's a really good point because I'm now looking at like the Celtics full team set. And I know that the, the Olenek bottleneck is a, just a temporary thing. Um, but I kind of regret not kind of shifting my collection around a few months ago and just going into Olenek for like $400 when I had a chance because now it's well over a thousand. Yep. Um, and that the nine lives lounge thing really kind of made people realize that, oh, they're following through on everything that they've been you know, telling us about for the last few months. So yeah, I think that's a, a super important point. Otis, I was I on with make- Fish and Dream Shaker uh, earlier last night, I guess for me. Um, earlier in the day for you, uh, Pac. Uh, But Otis and I are on the same side of the world, so it's the same, same. But um, the cost to complete Cool Cats was around $3,300, sort of before the swoon. It it reached over $8,000. It's now fell a little bit. But, I mean, to your point around what that added utility did, um, it was a jolt for sure. Yeah, Yeah. uh, it woke people up. I think, you, you know... Uh, luckily, um, there's a bet on the line for the Jimmy Butler run it back for me. So I'm not worrying about the price, right. uh, like mooning right now and going triple what it was the other day. But I mean, honestly, I do think that if you are a fan of said team, Otis, just like you said, getting those, those team collections done, it, it's an, it's like this sort of angle. You know, I hear a lot of people talking about get rares, get, you know, legendaries. That's my, my collector focus. That's just for my price point, never going to be my collector focus. Like I just can't afford um, yeah. to, to collect that way. So this idea of really looking at the team sets and then, you know, um, having a sort of approach of just enjoying your fandom by collecting your team is certainly a much more cost effective way uh, to go through this experience. So I, I, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah, and well, I'll, I'll the wrap- lounge thing is is any indication of what could possibly be coming for like team sets, then that's insane, and it, I'm so excited to see what comes out of that. Yeah, I don't know, guys. I I don't know. Um, and you know, I say things online, and people think because I, you know, have a lot of followers that I know. I don't. I'm just purely speculating. This is what I think, based on being just really passionate and deeply involved in this. Collect what you love. You know, we we've been saying it for months. Um, you know, people always say like, what, what moment should I buy? What, you know, what should I spend with a hundred dollars? Buy what you like, buy what you want, right? Like if, if, want. if Top Shot is successful, you know, that success will carry across everything. When Top Shot was, was dipping and was having a bit of a lull over the past few months, nothing was immune from that, right? Like pretty much everything felt the, the, the pinch, um, other than maybe those really super high end premium moments, but even those, you know, and again, the value is tied to the low ask. So that's not really accurate either but collect what you love. And, and I said that, you know, com- collect team sets. If you love a team by those moments, I think that in the long run, that will pay dividends for you. The, the things that you will get from this experience and from Top Shot to be a collector of a specific team are things you can't put a price tag on, are things that you can't get otherwise. And I think that is what's super exciting. If I get to shoot free throws with Emmanuel quickly tomorrow, I mean, I don't know if that's going to happen, but if it, if it does, you know, if you were to ask me uh, six months ago, what would you pay to shoot free throws with Emmanuel quickly on a Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> I don't know, probably more than I've spent on my entire collection, hey, to be honest. Pat, you so can't like, buy something like that either. It's an unviable experience. I'll tell yeah. you who you're not going to be shooting with. Obi Toppin. You better hope he don't hear this. 
<laughs> selling him oh, out yeah. for Hallie. I'm gonna be hopping on Ooh. Twitter and, and, and yeah, we gotta OB tag him. We'll, we'll cut here. the audio and we'll we'll make sure he gets a hold of this for sure. I love you, Obi. I love you, Obi. Um, <laughs> thank you guys. It's been it's been really fun to just vent this excitement because I'm really really excited. It's been a fun day. It's and this is like you know it's summer league. Like this doesn't even count. Um, but I yeah. think that what they're building towards is really going to be special for a lot of people. And uh, you know. We're all here early, and uh, I think we're all going to have a, a really good run. One last quick question for you, Pac. Who is your favorite sure. player today? <laughs> Obi, actually. He went off. He had such a good game. Um, he played really, really well. Uh, Cade Cunningham is really damn good. You know, uh, I don't know if his stat line necessarily reflected how good he is, but watching him play, um, that kid is special, and he's going to have a really good NBA career. That was a lot of fun. Um, those two guys really stood out to me. Obi. Really, I mean, he had a monster stat line. He really dominated the game. He played well at both ends, inside, outside, defense, offense, whatever you whatever you want. Obi was the guy. Quickly kind of didn't have a great game. And then Cade Cunningham was just like really, you could feel it. You know, you could just watch him and you, and you felt that specialness emana- emanating thing. from him. He has, he has the it factor for sure. Well, you, you, Pac Rip Ewing, are definitely an enigma. You, on one hand, at the beginning of the episode, talk about how much you wish you had Tyrese Halliburton over Obi Toppin, and then you finish the episode by saying he was your favorite player of the day. Uh, this is the sort of brilliance of which I admire in you, my friend. I want to thank you for coming on. I know it's been a long day for you. Chris Otis, good morning from Vietnam. I know it's a, a bright early morning for you, and uh, we'll be coming back with more of uh, update kind of once all of this wraps up from pack rip later in the week. So thank you gentlemen for joining me today. Sure thing, man. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. I want to thank pack rip Ewing for joining me late Las Vegas time to uh, give us that update. Hope you enjoy it. And I want to thank Chris Otis for joining me early, Vietnam time, to uh, be a part of that. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be bringing you uh, other uh, one more Pack Rip Ewing update with his sort of recap of the whole Summer League experience later this week. I have a bunch of other great episodes coming your way, uh, including an episode on the Nine Lives Lounge, an episode with Jennifer Sudo, um, and then a really good one that I just recorded with... Uh, Rob uh, at Atlas Shrugged 80 over KYC and AML. So lots coming your way. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, for now, it's Dr. Jeremy signing off saying, take care of yourselves and each other.